Okay, well, welcome everyone. It's great to have you guys here. We've got Pastor Rod. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Excited for this Christmas edition. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and my name's Richard, and we're just uh, we've been, we're excited to finish our Christmas series today. Got lots of questions to ask about really Christmas Day, the birth of Jesus, Ooh. our Savior. So, um, Pastor Rod, why don't you just give us a bit of uh, background to the story, maybe a little bit of a summary of what happened that day. We've been doing, this is the third part. People can go back and, and look at look at the parts one, one which is about Mary, part two is about Joseph, and now is about the birth of Jesus. So the story is in both Matthew and Luke. Incredible story. The, the virgin birth, the, 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 the prophesied virgin birth from 600 years earlier, Isaiah chapter seven, a virgin will be with child was a sign, and, and all of a sudden Mary is that person. And um, God chose her. Um, she had not slept with her boyfriend, Joseph. Um, he needs a dream to help him get through the concept that this is from God. His, his girlfriend comes and says, hi, I'm pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Um, he was an incredible man, a man who sought God, who got revelation, who was kept her safe. They had to go to Bethlehem for the birth of the baby who's Jesus. And so that's where we come to with the story right now, the actual time in Bethlehem, a little tiny town near Jerusalem, um, the ancestral land of Joseph had to go there um, for a census under the, the Roman emperor. So they get there and that's where we're up to right now. This is it. We just had Christmas, so we're going to talk about that incredible day. So obviously, uh, we know that the story that they couldn't find somewhere to stay. Obviously, Bethlehem was full due to the census and everyone coming back to their hometown. But um, why do you think? Why do you think God led them to uh, this beginning in a in a uh, a stable? A you know, yeah. Why 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 start here? It, it's it's the most incredible part of this whole story, really. Well, the virgin birth, and then this this concept that the King of Kings, the the Messiah, would be born to such a poor birth. Um, now he was rich in that he had a wonderful mom and a a, a father mm. on earth, Joseph, who not his real father, his stepfather, I guess. Such a, a wonderful, safe man. So there was natural elements of incredible love and joy and protection and safety. And yet there were so many elements that were not safe. There were so many elements that really could have gone wrong in this story. They had to get Mary um, 100 kilometers south from Nazareth down to Bethlehem when she probably was about eight months pregnant. Um, you can imagine mm. um, that was probably on a donkey. I, I can't think of any other way it could have happened. I mean, the, the picture is of Mary riding a donkey side saddle. I think that's probably accurate. Um, so they arrive and Bethlehem's a tiny town of about 600 people. When it talks about there was no room at the inn, there probably was only a couple of inns. You know, it wasn't like a, a big search party out there. How many hotels can we find? It was, um, they, as you said, they were there for the census that people had to come back. Um, it looks like they got there late. Um, everything was taken and the kind innkeeper it, it sounds so strange, but the kind innkeeper said you can use the stable at the back, you know, like, wow. Um, and they go there and then they have to clean this feeding trough called a manger. 
some people don't know what a manger is. It actually is a feeding trough for um, c- probably cattle or even sheep. Um, it just just probably wooden or stone. Some people think it was stone and easy to clean out. And that's where they put Jesus in, in, in cloth, which again shows they were quite poor. So the question you're asking is how can the king of the universe have this incredibly basic and pretty unsafe in some ways mm. birth? They weren't in a hospital. They weren't with family. I think the answer is a beautiful answer, and that is that God wants to relate to the whole world. Um, you know, I've been in some nations where they look at that story and they say Jesus was born just like us. I've, I've been to those nations. And, and so for us from wealthier countries, we don't realize that the majority of the world probably had a birth, not, not in a stable, but very, very poor conditions. And when they read that birth, they say, hey, this wonderful Messiah, Jesus, was born just like us. He can relate to us. He understands us. And I think that's a big part of this story is that God really did want people to connect that God came to, to earth, not in a palace, mm. but in a situation that people can go, wow, that's what God is like. That's pretty amazing. I think it's pretty big. Hey, what do you think? Yeah, well, I guess it's kind of like, wow, like G- Jesus can identify with my life. Like, yes, he's been in heaven, but he's also experienced the, the lows of normal living, human life. So, yeah, yeah I think it's powerful. And although he was a baby and wouldn't remember, his parents and others, or everyone told the story, um, Jesus, do you, do you remember as a baby? No. <laughs> but do you remember how your parents cared for you in that lowly situation? And he would have been told the story of just how much he was loved and wanted, but it was a very lowly start. And I think it really is an incredible picture of the, the humility of God. As people wonder, what is God like? Is he, is he mean? Is he far away? And, and my answer is, look at the Christmas story. He's mm. like that. He's so close. He's so intimate. He's so caring. And yet um, prosperity is not part of the message here. The message is identity and belonging and family. Uh, it, it's a beautiful message. And in Philippians chapter 2, it talks about when, when God be- became man and was going to die on a cross, there's a Greek word kenosis, which that's not important. It's, just a, it's a specific word. It means God emptied himself out when Jesus was born. When Jesus came to earth, he emptied himself of everything, including his kingliness and wealth and you know every right. He was not entitled. This was not an entitled birth. This was a, a generous and universal birth. It's a pretty amazing story, eh? It is amazing. It just makes me think like if he's, if this is Joseph's hometown, how come he didn't stay with family? Any thoughts on that? Or how come there weren't some yeah. relatives um, there? Or Well, there's a bit of a, a backstory here with Joseph. He was a carpenter. We do know that. And... Um, although Nazareth up north, 100, clay, 100 k's north of Bethlehem, so these are two little towns, we do know that Nazareth was next to a huge growth corridor for the Greek world or the Roman world. It, Nazareth was right next door to a new city called Sepphoris. And in that city, they were building a whole city. They were building stadiums. They were building uh, theaters. And there was a lot of work there. And my assumption is God, God wanted them in Nazareth because it says that. 
but Nazareth was a great place for a carpenter and a carpenter business. And Jesus, as the carpenter's son, he was called the carpenter's son, would have been very, very busy and very occupied and, and growing up would have actually had probably a, a, a good income. Um, so I think the answer is because of work they and because of God's leading, because it does say that God led them in a dream to go to Nazareth, um, but it was a good economic place for their family. But the birth was in Bethlehem, which was um, they just had to go there. It wasn't a place of choice. They had to go to his mm. birthplace for the census, and they didn't. I don't think they intended to stay in, in Bethlehem. But they and obviously, had he's to go known there. as Jesus of Naz- Nazareth, not Jesus of Bethlehem. Yep. So the prophecy was he will be born in Bethlehem, and he'd be known as the branch, which is the word Nazare. And so the the two prophecies of Jesus growing up was born in Bethlehem, very clear. I think that was from Micah or one of those minor prophets. But Isaiah 14 says he would be the, the branch, which is Nazare or the Nazarene. And so um, prophecy is being fulfilled here, actually. But the question why in Nazareth, I think, is a an issue of work workplace and obedience to the word of the Lord. Mm. Uh, how, how do you think... Like Joseph and Mary, when they got to this this place, this this uh, stable, how do you think they kind of set things up? Or I don't know. Are they, like we see those scenes of animals, kind of yeah. you know, all looking in, and yeah. there's obviously a bit of you know drama with that. But, but how do you, how yeah. would you see that? How do you think that happened? Well, I, I think there is some truth to it. Um, I, I, we don't read that the innkeeper said, "I'll take the cattle out." I think right. they were in there with 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 the cattle and the smells and the, and the, right, they, cleaned that, they cleaned that manger. And I, I, I think it was made of stone, not wood, which means it probably was clean better. It probably didn't have the smell so much, but they had to clean it. They had to do it. And I think Mary's birth was very, they had to bring some blankets and put it on a, on the ground over the straw. I mean, if you imagine it, there was animals mm-hmm. around. Now that obviously the nativity scene is all the animals looking in. I'm not sure. I'm, I think if, if if Mary was calling out in labor pain, maybe the animals were looking. You know, like, like use your imagination. I think the animals were like, what what's happening, and and re- responding as animals do to sound and light. Um, there is some truth in that, mm. and there would have been the, the 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 cows going moo and the the sheep going bah, and that that was probably all happening. As as here is this now, a whole family in their little stable. That's a pretty interesting picture, isn't it? It, it really was very country, <laughs> very uh, yeah. what can you say? Uh, like a petting zoo almost <laughs> in there. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, it's a it's a wild thing to think about, and I, I guess you know, I, I'm I'm inspired that our you know our God, the King of Kings, would. Yeah. Um, would would it, he's humble, like ultimate humility. Like, there's no celebrity in this this birth or this story. Um, there's no fame in it. More. No. And yeah. when when you look at the prophecies of Messiah, there, there's two there's two parts. There's the part that he is going to be the king, and he's the government's going to be on his shoulders, and he's going to be everlasting father and the king of kings, the Messiah, the savior. 
And there's a whole bunch of other scriptures, especially in Isaiah 52, 53, where it talks about that he has no physical appearance, that we would be drawn to him, and there's sorrows, and there's difficulties, and he's going to be, um, you know, speared, and, and that's speaking about his crucifixion. And this is what confused the early scholars and the everyone really was, how can these two scriptures fit together? Mm. And the only answer to that is what you just said, God is a humble God, that this king came in that form and he's going to die on a cross. And a lot of the, the scriptures about king and riches and that is for the second coming of Jesus Christ because it says when he comes, he's going to be coming very differently on, on a great white horse and he's coming as the, the conqueror and the ruler and the, the king of the world. So crumpling all those prophecies together, it becomes confusing. But when we pull it apart, we see this incredibly humble birth and humble cross that mm. we just that's what that's what god's like that's what our father god's like and um that's what jesus is like it's really amazing and again and that's why the, the whole thing of celebrity doesn't make sense mm. with jesus or the church or with pastoring we're pastors it just doesn't make sense we're not celebrities we're here to reflect our king mm. um and it's a it's a great call isn't it it's really wonderful yeah, because it's not like he didn't have moments where he was talked about because he obviously had crowds, thousands and thousands coming. So he wasn't like against having influence, um, no. you know, but he didn't and seek as I it said, out. I, I, do think, I do think he, as, as he grew up in the carpentry business, I think that was a very successful business. He, he was raised in a family with a good business model and hard work ethic. And I believe there was some financial blessing as a hardworking family. Mm. And also it says sometimes during his um, ministry that he had a treasurer um, of money that was given to them, him and the 12 disciples. And also when he was crucified at the cross, the soldiers, the Roman soldiers cast lot for his under underclothes, which was, it says it was seamless, which means it was pretty high level under underwear. It's a pretty strange thing to think about, but, like Roman soldiers wouldn't care for rubbish. Right. Um, there was elements of his life where people cared for him, loved him, and, and helped him. But he was a wandering rabbi. And um, it doesn't say he ever owned a home or got married. or. So there were elements of his adult life where I don't think he was in poverty. Um, but the way he died was the way of a criminal. And, um, and and that that's an incredible story as well. Wow, the the the, the sinless one died for us, took mm. our sin. Wow, what a story! Could, just speaking about him growing up, like did did he have brothers and sisters? What what did his family look like? Obviously, he was yeah. the the firstborn. Yeah. So it says that Mary had no sexual relations with Joseph until Jesus was born, but she did have other sons and daughters, and and th I think three sons are mentioned and. It says one, one of the sons, his name is James. Now, we know that because that's, that's the son, that's the second son, uh, that's the natural son. That's Joseph's first um, DNA son with Mary. And there was someone else, I think, called um, Judas. Judas was a very pop, common name. It, it, it was not Judas Iscariot. Um, another Judas, and there was someone else, I think Simeon. And it says there was daughters, like plural, so Jesus had at least five siblings, 
younger than him. And um, James is mentioned quite a bit in the Bible, actually, as, as a hero, a champion. Um, ends up writing the book of James that we have in the end of the Bible. Um, that's Jesus' younger brother. Pretty amazing, isn't it? So I'm sure mm. that all those brothers plus Mary um, did great things for God. Um, the mystery in the story is what happened to, to Joseph. The last time we hear about him was when Jesus was 12 and they went to Jerusalem and lost Jesus and they had to go and find him. And he said, didn't you know I'd be in my father's house? And and it says that after this, Jesus went and submitted to his parents back in Nazareth. That's the last we hear of Joseph. He's never mentioned again. So something happened to Joseph. And this is outside the Christmas story, but Jesus did lose his father somewhere. Um, mm. There was tragedy somewhere there. And uh, we just don't know. And, and, and no history ever records anything about it as far as I know. It's a mm. mystery. But he was called the carpenter's son and, and, he, and he was in Nazareth. And I think there was a great many years where he was with his dad, his stepdad or his earthly dad. Um, and he was a, such a good man that Jesus learned all the lessons he needed to from a great dad on earth. Mm. Wow, I wish we I wish we knew more about that. Yeah, um, just a great all guy. Right. Well, b- maybe back to the Christmas, uh, the birth uh, itself, and obviously there were other people there as well. We know about the shepherds. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is another fascinating part of the story um, that God would reveal Himself and these angels to to these shepherds. Yeah. Uh, why, why do you think? Why do you think that's is part of the story? I just lo- I just think God has a sense of you, a sense of humor and a sense of family, um, that Mary and Joseph were not with their parents, as far as we know. Um, they, they, were in a, they were in a stable. They were alone. And God brings them all these incredible men, these rugged sheep men. Um, mm. We call them farmers today, sheep farmers, but um, shepherds. And Viv and I have actually been to the little hill called the Shepherd's Hill overlooking Bethlehem. We've seen it in Israel. It's just, it's not far away. It's about a kilometer away. It's beautiful green um, hills called the Shepherd's Fields. And um, that was the fields where in, in Luke it mentions that the angel, you know, flame on, um, you know, I bring you great news for all the people. A son is born. Uh, go and see him. And the shepherds... Uh, went down there and, and found baby Jesus and, and worshipped and, and rejoiced. And it's just a great story. I think it shows God's, as I said, a bit of sense of humor. Well, what are all these guys doing here? Well, they're coming, to, they're coming to celebrate. They're coming to tell you that they saw angels and the angel said, yes, this is the Savior. Um, that's a great story for Mary and for everyone. But um, also it's a sense of family. There were people there to celebrate. There, were, there, was, there was flesh and blood there that said, wow, you've got a beautiful baby, and yes, he's going to be Savior. And it was just, it was just a beautiful scene. Um, and I also think those shepherds went home that night. I imagine they say to their wives, you, you wouldn't believe what happened at the office today. You, know? <laughs> you, you wouldn't believe what happened in the fields today. What happened? Oh, the angels and the, and the wife would have said, oh, yeah, the food's over there. You know, like <laughs> unbelievable story. I just think there's humor, there's family. Again, it just shows the story that, that, that this is a real story. This is um, this is fun, and those shepherds and their wives and kids and grandkids would have told that told that story forever. And we've got it, 
Um, Luke records it. Um, Mary and Joseph would have talked about all these these big, big rough shepherds walk in and say, "Wow, they were amazing. strangers, right? Like they they had no connection before this no. that we we know of, right? No. I wonder I, if I like that was weird. It- like, who are these guys? <laughs> like Joseph." Like, what are you doing? <laughs> I like to call it uh, Mary's surprising new family. Um, they just became family. And you can imagine, like when you visit as a pastor, a family has a baby in hospital or at home and you visit and you're part of the family. Like you were there at the birth or soon after. Uh, you brought gifts from the church. Um, you're in. And I just think all, these people had a connection a real wonderful connection probably forever to, to some degree. It, it's it's just fa- new, the surprising new family that God gave Mary and Joseph. Because, mm. I mean, the angels could, could have revealed themselves to anyone in Bethlehem. Like yeah. it didn't have to be shepherds. Yeah. That's, that, uh, it, that's it's interesting. Fun. It's fun. And if you see some Japanese manga or cartoons of this, um. You can see the angels flame on and the shepherds. And I think it, it does pick, pick, you know, a picture can pick up the wow, the the wow moment. And they carried that wow when they went to visit Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus. And they walked in and they went, we just saw these angels and wow. And here's the baby. Wow. And it just hits just a great story. It's a real story. But I just think it helps the whole picture. It's it's. It's, it's beautiful. You know, just thinking about the uh, the whole experience of birth um, and we, we sing this, the song Silent Night and I'm just w- wondering, what do you think? Like it's obviously a divine birth uh, it's a, or it's a divine uh, conception, but is do you think that it was painless or <laughs> do you think it, everything's normal? Or Well, I don't think it was a cesarean birth because that, was, that, was, that happened in houses or hospitals. Um, I don't think that that's the story. So it was a natural birth, and that means to me it was a natural labor. And Mary would have been probably crying out in pain, and and Joseph was there saying, "I'm I'm here for you." <laughs> and the animals are whoa. Um, I, I think there's very natural parts of this story that we can read into that this was a really natural birth, and um, it would have been everything. We, we won't go into it. It was just everything that, that, that women un- do understand about a natural birth. And yeah, it's real. And so Jesus as a baby, like, do you think, do you think that he would cry? Uh, obviously, I mean, he, he, yeah, he never sinned. I'm not saying crying is a sin, but as a child growing up, do you think he did things wrong or made mistakes or? Well, I think he cried. I think he was a very natural baby in every way, um, fully God, fully man, um, or fully God, fully baby in this sense. Uh, he would have drunk milk. He would have grown. He would have learnt. The Bible says he learnt. In Hebrews it says he learnt by obedience. That doesn't mean he was disobedient. It just means he grew up and learnt responsibility. I just think he was the the, the kid that, this is later that would have surprised everyone and and even Mary going wow this is this is a the 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 most perfect child ever mm. um but i think he would have had a sense of learning and ambition and he would have had every part of that as a boy um 
and he was good at carpentry like his dad and he learned to trade and there was a very natural side. Did he make mistakes? I don't think so. I don't think he, I think he was sinless, the Bible says. And so mm-hmm. um, I don't think he sinned, but he, he might, he might've dropped the hammer on his toe or, <laughs> mm. <laughs> you know, he wasn't Superman um, or Superboy. He was a real child and would have learned and grown and, and been hungry at times or, you know, just normal person. So do you think when Jesus was born, did he, I mean, he was God. Did he have all the full knowledge of God as, as a child and as a baby? Oh, that's a, a question that's been debated for 2,000 years. Um, I can't answer that, but I, I think the answer is by, t- by 12 years old, he did understand who he was and what he was to do to, to some degree. And the reason I say at age 12 is between his birth and when he's 30 and starts his ministry, there's this one story where his parents come to Jerusalem and as the family comes and goes home, they've, they've lost Jesus, <laughs> losing Jesus. And that's quite normal because people traveled, traveled in caravans, like, like family groups. Um, but they noticed Jesus was missing. They came back and found him in the temple and said, you know, where, where were you? And he said, didn't you know that I would be in my father's house? I think at that age he understood his father um, was, was God through by Mary and by the Holy Spirit. I think that answer shows by age 12 he understood and he was debating with people all the scriptures on the Messiah and I think he knew he was, he was who he was. I don't think he knew all the future, but I think he had a clear understanding by age 12. So I think before that there was a growing understanding, hearing Mary tell the story, realize he's very different. I don't understand all of that, but it was a growing recognition, I think. Mm. All right. Do, do you think like uh, with his life, do you think there's big, it seems like there's big gaps, like from his birth mm. and then age 12 and then like he's 30. It, yeah. Do we know much about what happened in that time or is there any other record of that? Or uh, Not really. There are some strange books out there purport, uh, purporting, is that the word? Um, trying to tell some stories, but it, it sounds like myth. Uh, right. It was never added to the Bible ever, never seriously considered. So I just think that's what God wanted us to have, birth 12 and 30 when he starts his ministry. Um, otherwise, I guess the Bible would be, you know, that big instead of this big. So um, right. it's just God's wisdom, I think. Okay. I just, uh, I just realized we've left out a few uh, very uh, popular characters in the birth of, of Jesus' story, <laughs> and that is the, the wise men or the magi. Or yeah. they've got a few different names. Tell us a little yeah. bit about about them and their part of the story. Well, they we think they come from Persia or um, modern day Iraq. Um, they're magi or magic men. We get the word magic from that word. Um, they were astrologers. They were following the star. Um, they were probably not um, Jewish people because they were astrologers. Uh, we just don't know enough. But they were wealthy. They were educated. They were influential. And they knew the key was the star. They said that. They said we followed his star. We don't know how long that was. It could have been a while. It, it would have been a while. Um, 
But these men, there is a very strange scripture in, in Numbers 24. It talks about the star, when you see the star. And these astrologers saw this very different star. And it must have been different because they said we followed it. Like every night it was ahead of them somewhere. So it was supernatural. Whatever it was, was it an angel? Was it a light? Was We don't know. But they, they knew every night they were going to follow this star till it stopped over the, the place where Mary and Joseph was with baby Jesus. So these, these three guys come in. They know this is supernatural. They know there's a sign, a prophecy, and they come in and they just worship. It's an incredible story, another part of the crazy family. And so you've got the, the, um, the shepherds coming in. That is the workmen from the fields, good, good men. And then you get these rich people coming in and giving very expensive gifts. Um, I just think it's, once again, the, the, the incredible humor and meaning of this story that God would bring those people in from a different religion and a different, you know, socioeconomic background. And so you've got this group and that group, and this is what I call Mary's new family, <laughs> the, the, the birth family. And they all would have become like godparents, I guess. And, um, and, and I just think it's a beautiful story. Um, and it, it was a historic story. They went to Herod and said, where is the king that is born? And King Herod Obviously, he's going to try and um, uh, do you know destroy Jesus. It's a, it's a different part of the story. But the wise men, we don't know there was three. There was just three different types of gifts. Um, the three wise men gave finance, which probably helped finance their running away to Egypt or running from Herod to Egypt. And so once again, God supplying the needs at the right time. It's a big part of the story. Did they, do we know when they arrived? Like, was it with the shepherds or? Any? Don't know. Don't know. Okay. There, there's some people say it, it's a good, a, a good time afterwards, but um, nobody can answer that question. We just don't okay. know. They could have been there like, like earlier and saw the star before the birth, or it could have been, I, I think it was before. I think they came soon after the birth, but we just don't know. Mm. Yeah. Well, Mary's crazy birth story. She told to Jesus. He, he, and the Bible says that Mary pondered all these things in her heart. One of the last things it mm. says that she really stored it up and she told Jesus and anyone who would listen. Obviously, the book of Luke is written by Luke, who came many years later as a reporter and would have talked to Mary as an older lady or maybe the wise man or maybe the uh, shepherds, we just don't know who she, who Luke talked to, but he got the the scoop, I think, from Mary as an older woman, that Luke got the story right from her, and we have the story today. Mm. Well, it's an amazing story, and it it, it makes me think of my wife because when uh, when Mary pondered it all in her heart, I think my wife also treasures every moment, and she's always <laughs> trying to film the kids and. You know, she wants a memory of it. So that's great. I, yeah. yeah. So r- wrapping up, yeah. What what is what is God's message to us through the Christmas story, through this miracle birth? I just think we just know it's the greatest story ever told. It's got every part of a great story, but it's real. <laughs> it's got the the prologue, the his the history prophecy. It's got the story of an incredible young couple, a love story. It's got protection. It's got angels. Mm. It's got 
And then, of course, the birth of Messiah, Jesus, that we can all celebrate and sing songs about and and tell each other about and say, hey, come and hear the Christmas story again. And every family goes, yay. It's just mm. got every part of a beautiful story that's actually true. Mm. Awesome. Well, I love Christmas. Yeah. Favorite time of the year. And uh, just a great time to remember our Savior. You bet. And, let's let's uh, rejoice. Yeah. Yeah. And a great time to be with family too. Absolutely. Um, and church family. So, well, it's been, it's been awesome discussing Christmas with you, Pastor Rod, over this, this series. And anyone, if you missed it, go back, watch the other two episodes. Uh, we've got some exciting things planned for next year um, here at Lifehouse. And uh, looking forward to seeing you next time or next year. We'll see you see later, everyone. Pastor Rod, and see you, everyone. God bless.